Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show tonight, our Thursday night Survivor show. If you guys have a question on Survivor, you guys can call in um, 347-237-5506. Let's, let's have a great show, guys. Welcome, Survivor fans. What's up? Yes, this is your Rad Reality Show Network. We connect you to the reality stars you love, and we say that because you can call in and chat with any reality stars we have on any of our shows. Tonight is March 10th, 2016. I'm Cherry Garcia. I'll be your co-host tonight. And I want to say thanks for coming by to hang out with us tonight for the Mike and the Mike show with our host, Mike Albright, the number one fan in all the world for Survivor. And as always, he has a great guest coming by to chat with him about the current episode of Survivor Korong. Tonight he has Jimmy Tarantino, also known as Jimmy T from Survivor Nicaragua. And if that isn't special and exciting enough for everyone, our host is calling in on location from Bob Crowley's up in Durham, Maine, also known as the Maine Forest Yurts. Um, He's up there preparing for the challenge uh, for this year's Durham Warrior Survivor Challenge. So there's a possibility that we may have Bob Crowley or who knows who else might be up there lending a hand. But what I do know is that everyone is invited to call into this show at one three four seven two three seven five five zero six, and chat with us tonight about Survivor Korong. Please remember to press the number one key on your phone once you're on our switchboard. We're ready to have a great show tonight, so let's get our host up here with us. So here we go, folks. They have volunteered to be marooned for 39 days. This is their story. This is survival. 
Mike. Mike, you're up. Hi, Mike. How are you doing up there in Maine? I am great. Uh, it's been an amazing day traveling. I've gotten to see two different airports, and uh, I'm currently in the office of Mr. Bob Crowley, So, and also my bedroom for the next few days. So this is uh, really cool, and we had a, an amazing episode. It's probably one of the, I'd say, the second most dramatic episode of the entire series of the show right up there with episode six of Australia. I know it was an emotionally powerful episode for me. How was uh, how was last night for you in general, Sherry? Oh, my gosh. Just incredible. Um, heart-wrenching, edge-of-your-couch kind of episode, just uh, without words. I mean, mm-hmm. so much... So much emotion um, on different levels. Um, I'm probably going to have an unpopular opinion about some things that happened in the show. Okay. Um, That's understandable. And there's a, with dynamic personalities and how they interact with each other as fans and even alumni, they're going to have different reactions to different people. It's, it's amazing where, so many people like what well, one person did, but they don't like, because I know I saw on Twitter and on social media, you know, backlash towards uh, Jason and Scott, how they treated Alicia, then other people were, you know, supporting it. And then, you know, I have not been a huge fan of Caleb just because he was a little annoying on Big Brother, but anyone you see in a medical situation on the show, you know, I'm going to see all this cast in two months. So it's it's emotional. Plus, you just get a real connection to the thing you care about and usually only break down in family visits but I guess a certain medical evacuations the same thing happened so it was uh, I didn't like ball like a baby but I did tear up and seeing old Ty lose his stolen kiss buddy and I mean even Scoop and Fallen in the Fire in season two he was at least able to be a, be, be awake and talk to people like Caleb couldn't even interact with people and he was in ICU for five days that's just Nuts. I mean, for three people to have that happen, it was just one of the most unique episodes of the series that I can recall. Absolutely. Which is one incredible, incredible episode. Yeah, um, and these are and these are people that are... We've lost Big Mike. I'm sure he'll call right back in, but it was just an amazing episode. Um, let's see who else we have up here on the switchboard with us. I believe we have our guest, Jimmy Tarantino, up here. So let's bring him up. Jimmy, thank you so much for calling in tonight. Hey, Charlie. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I think we have our host back on the line with us. He dropped for just a moment. So let's get our host back up here with us. Mike, thanks for calling back in. Hi, uh, hi, I'm back. I'm in the mysterious Maine, just like in a Stephen King book. Uh, things happen that are crazy in Maine, so I I fell out. It's been three seasons since that happened. I hope it doesn't happen again. But Jimmy T, thanks for coming on. Hey, it's an honor to be a part of the show, Mike. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours, as uh, most of a lot of us past Survivor players are. Well, I appreciate that. And one of the things I tweeted is we're putting you in the game today, Jimmy T. So 
uh, you're here, and uh, I guess first off, we're gonna we're, we like to recap the show, but also talk to you about your individual journey, and you have one of the more unique journeys to get on the show. Do you want to talk about that briefly, or? Yeah, uh, sure. Um, so I got on the show. I, I was in a fan of Survivor. I know there's a lot of the big fans that watch from very season season one and watch every episode of every season. But I mm-hmm. um, really wasn't a fan of the show. My sister was a huge fan, so she had me. Uh, she told me I should apply. There's a show Survivor. You should watch it. You should go on. You could totally do this. So uh, I watched a couple of um, episodes, and I, I said, yeah, you know, I'd like to give that a try. And I actually applied the year before I got on, but unfortunately, when I sent in my video, um, you know, they, they they asked you to put in, a like, a three-minute video. And a big part of that was how I had jungle training on on the island of Samoa, which happened to be the same year they were first year they were going to film in Samoa. So obviously <laughs> they weren't gonna even consider me for that. So um but then the very next season the unique opportunity I got, uh my sister called me up and said, Did you put in? Did you I said, Yeah, I don't got time for this silliness, right? And she told me, Well, there's now a casting call contest. You just do a one minute video and send it in on online and you can uh, get a chance to get on that way so i did i actually uh took my daughter's cell phone and did a one minute video at my kitchen table and long story short three months later i was uh in nicaragua awesome and it was a unique wow. season we had the, the tribe of folks under 30 and a tribe of folks over 40 uh were you anxious going in with that kind of a setup i mean it's it seems like it would be a little challenging for any any type A people that are over age forty going against a bunch of folks under thirty. Were you, were you anxious or worried about that, or? No, you know, you really don't even think about that. There's so much going into the preparation of go when you once you know you're being considered, you get really excited and you start training and preparing. Um, I think we can relate this conversation to what took place last night on the show, in mm-hmm. that. Um, Survivor really knows what they're doing when they pick contestants. In order to undergo the physical and mental stress of the game, I mean, it's it's traumatizing uh, mentally as mm-hmm. well as physically. So they know when you first thing you do when you're being considered as a contestant, they bring you out to California, as you know, and you're mm-hmm. sequestered, and you have to undergo hours of mental tests to make sure that you're strong enough to endure this type of, uh, you know, physical and mental stress. It's amazing. So um, they know they get all type A personalities, right? They're going to, they have to have a very strong mental uh, character to be able to endure what's, what, what they're about to go through. So that that plays. Yeah. Go ahead. Excuse me. Would you mind if I brought Bob Crowley up on the line with us? Oh, sure. I'm in his house. He should definitely come up. Uh, There's multiple trolleys here. Yes, bring him in. Sure. (laughs) Okay. Bob Crowley, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Well, listen, if Mike's going to do his introduction, I'm going to do mine, too. theme song from Survivor Gabon. There are other Survivor, <laughs> there are other Survivor shows. Oh, that's right. You are one, weren't you, Jimmy? 
Yeah, I was on for a brief period in, in uh, 2010. So, so what, uh, I, I know I'm sort of jumping in in the middle of the conversation about last night's show, and Jimmy, I think, did a great job of describing the, you know, the rigors they put you through to get on the show. And it is, it's a tough game. But, uh, and I guess they pro- proved that last night. Yeah, what, so what I was just saying, Bob, and I don't have to tell you, you know as well as I do, um, they they have to have that type of character, and you go through the cycle test to make sure that you are the kind type of character that can endure all kinds of physical and mental punishment. But as a result, I don't know if that comes back and bites them in the ass, because, uh, like last night, as a result, you got a bunch of individuals who don't know the meaning of the word quit. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. all intense and they, you know, um, used to winning and used to be competing and have that type of personality. They're, they're not going to quit. So <laughs> I would be curious to know how hard Jeff pushed him off camera. Cause you know how he's always calling out the tribe. Come on, you're still in this. Yeah. You know, so I don't know how hard he pushes, but it's interesting to see what, you know, the results last night. He tells them to dig deep, but that was uh, they were digging too deep last night because they were that was insane. Forty five minutes and that temperature. I don't know is it comparable to Gabon or Nicaragua? Do you want to know like the worst day in your seasons compared to? I don't have the data for what was going on in Cambodia, but I've heard something like one hundred and ten, hundred and fifteen, possibly. I don't know. Gabon probably had more of a dry heat. I, I don't know what was it like in the worst days in your areas. Bob. Um, in, in Gabon, there was one day that I, it was well above 100. Um, and, of course, you're talking about a guy from Maine, so it's probably only 87. But um, it was it was, it was was so hot that I put one of the bags on my head just to get some shade. And then we all lined up before the challenge because you have to wait sometimes an hour or two in the, you know, in the open sun before the challenge starts, and Jeff calls us in. But I lined us all up so that I was the tallest, and I we lined up so we were in each other's shadow. So I was the only one taking the heat. Uh, and that was before we did the, the ball chat. We had that five-foot uh, ball that we rolled up and down the hill. And that was just, that was it was brutal. But obviously, yeah. none of us got medevac, so it wasn't anywhere near as, you know, when you're digging, you get, you're expending... I suppose you're pushing the ball, you're expending effort too, but that digging can really, you know, put a strain on you. And digging in the full sunlight. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So in um, in Nicaragua, I don't remember. Of course, I was only in the game for 12 days. I didn't go the whole 39 like Bob. But um, I don't remember the heat really being too much of an issue for me. Um, the, the, for me, I wore myself down, and this is a good thing for all you, you know, uh, fans out there that are considering being on the game. You really got to pace yourself. If you, I went in. Rem, remember, you're being deprived of food and sleep, and the, the mental stress is through the roof just in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. So you got to kind of pace yourself when you're not in challenges. By all means, go for it. But I remember part of. Uh, by day three or four, my hands were all bruised and scratched. I was pretty exhausted because I was building the shelter, building. I was working my butt off 
every day to prove myself to my tribe, my value. And that basically mm-hmm. ended up uh, kicking me in the ass because Marty, you know, perceived me as a threat and started working to get me out of there. So, Yeah, that was unfortunate. There were several people I was pulling for that on your season, Jimmy J, especially that just I didn't like their personality and, um, you know, Marty and Dan were two of them and Dan lasted so long and it was crazy how I I can't do mud, I can't jump, I can't I was like, come on. And then they knock you out early when you could have been more of an asset. So Well, um, I, mean, I was part, part of my own demise there, you know. like I said, I wore myself down and I was I was all keyed up, so you know, Marty was just playing he was playing a smart game actually to get rid of me. So, you know, he knows he knew, he was thinking he was thinking gameplay and I was just treating it like real life, going in there working my butt off and that ended up Really, uh, if you want a textbook way to play the game, watch Bob Crowley's season and just go out there and have fun every day. And you could tell Bob was out there. It wasn't a challenge for him. He he was just out there having fun because he's out in the woods in Maine all the time anyway. So he's always looking for fun ways to do it. I I remember the scene. I'm sure you remember, Mike, when he was building chairs for people. And he's like, oh, this is pretty neat. I'd like to do this when I go home. You know, he was just having fun. And that's the key uh, in Survivor, and that's the key in life. Just enjoy playing, man, and you win. I was, that's why. That's why I love Jimmy T. He's always he's always throwing out the fact that I lasted a long time and I did well. I appreciate that, Jimmy. I wish you'd yeah, be one of you. my shows. We would end up wrestling. <laughs> I was worried there for a while in Gabon because the people I didn't like from Fong were were doing really well and they had overthrown Coda. So Bob coming through at the end, I, it makes it one of my favorite seasons just because all the people that I, I couldn't stand from Fong all went out and Bob was able to take out Susie. I, you know, for a while I was like, I didn't like a boom as I was watching it, but then because, you know, Marcus and Charlie and Randy went out and then Corinne went out, and but then those other yeah, you know what was really funny about that season? You can make the comparison from Bob Crowley's win to uh, Mike Holloway's was quite yeah. similar because in the fact that once everybody knew, you know, this guy's a beast in this game, he's going to win if we let him make it to the end. And they also tried to get him out, but he just kept winning and winning and winning. And I remember uh, Bob came down to Gloucester here when I did a fundraiser for Reality Rally. We raised over $5,000 for that charity. And uh, we put together a little video of Bob's season, and it was just Jeff over and over going, Bob, wins immunity! Bob, wins immunity! Because what did you win, Bob? Like four or five of them? Yeah, keep saying that. I I just like the sound of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I won five in a row, but probably Mike knows better than I do what I actually did. But um, I won five challenges in a row, which was making me nervous. And if I had won six in a row, I would have lost the game because Susie beat me on the sixth one. And she, that was an immunity challenge. And so she stayed in. And that's what, and that's how I won. Yeah, but I, yeah, it was fun to watch them plotting against you. And then you just foil in the plots every time by winning immunity. <laughs> Well, not only winning the immunity in the, all those consecutive times, but I think, aside from being a great winner, the, what Bob's known for is 
he should work for the art department and make idols for a living because the thing he threw together that tricked good old curmudgeon Randy Bailey was some pretty epic television as well. <laughs> That's right. Oh, but I've heard this story before, but you were talking to accumulate a stockpile of beasts and other trinkets to make an idol worthy of STG. Um, it was, I, I just really lucked out. I just was in the right place at the right time for the right materials. Um, I, I, there was no rocks, but, you know, stones in the pot of Gabon we were in, and I found actually an artifact that was just the same size as the idol. And then the resin from the mahogany tree was just, it was like hot glue or wax. And it was just, I was able to, heat this rock up to about 250 degrees, put this wax on it, and then put some beads on it. When it solidified, it was just like I had lacquered it. And everything, it was so good, I could hand it to Randy and say, hey, look at this. And he said, holy cow, that's an idol, isn't it? And I go, well, you know, I, you know. Looks like <laughs> <I'm done." laughs> well, you didn't just say yes because you didn't want to lie? Right, I didn't. I didn't. I never told him it was the idol. He just assumed it. It's true. Sure yeah, he's, he's saying yes, it is an idol. Be very political, though. <laughs> what he did, he said, "You've got the idol." I go, "I've got this." And he goes, "You got the idol." I go, "I've got this." And uh, so it worked out. It worked out really well for me because, uh, in hindsight, and talking with Sugar. Apparently, they were going to vote me out that night, but they got so distracted with me giving the island to Randy that uh, that distracted them. And then I went on that immunity run um, and one more fake idol, but that's another issue. Well, um, we normally do recap, um, so... You know, we come back in the brain tribe from that epic tribal episode before, and, you know, Peach just cannot believe that all those, you know, Debbie and Joe got the best of them, and his reaction I thought was uh, pretty interesting, and he was just straight up shocked. And then Debbie, just some of them, I was, I thought, because I didn't know any spoilers, and but I knew somebody was getting pulled from the game when, when uh, Debbie was talking so much smack in her confessional, I was worried... I mean, she ended up being severely injured and, you know, with heat exhaustion as well, but she ended up being safe. But I thought she was, they were, I thought editing was marking her as a target. Did you guys have any feeling about watching it as former players or did you have a different per- perception of Debbie's portrayal at the beginning of this episode? Well, I, I, I would I'd agree with you. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jim? So I sat around with a bunch of Survivor fans. I run a pool who I actually have Dr. Peter in, which I wasn't thrilled when he was going off with Liz uh, last week. But I hopefully um, the, when they voted Liz off, that's a little comeuppance for him, and he learns his lesson to, to you know not be so vain and to be a better team player, which he is. He is does very well for his tribe in challenges. Mm-hmm. But as far as uh, the Debbie's portrayal and edit. Uh, let's face it, she can be a, a little <laughs> annoying in her personality. Everybody in my group, we were calling her the white female Phil Shepard because she's an expert at everything, apparently. 
I love when they when they do the confessionals, and every time it's a different profession. And I that has to cost the money to do that, but it's a funny thing the editors are doing. At least they did that the first episode. I don't know if they've kind of focused in on what her main job is, but I I found that really funny they would do that. Yeah, I don't know. She just, um, I mean, she's got that, she, she does obviously has a lot of knowledge, but she's not afraid to put it out there that she has a lot, and that's not always a good thing. But, mm-hmm. um, hey, she, she came through, and she seems to be running that tribe, but um, we'll see what happens, because obviously they're mixing it up next week, and then we'll, mm-hmm. I, I think, inevitably, at some point, you know, she can be a little bit on the annoying side with her, uh, general attitude, I think that's going to hurt, hurt her in the end, unless she gets back and tones it back yeah. a little bit. I think she's uh, maybe aware of her possible goat status, and we'll play that up. I mean, she's very, very aware of the game's different levels of you know professional persona and who, what she brings, what she shows the tribe. So, um, so I was really worried about her going into that challenge, and we get. You know, three minutes into the episode, we're in the reward challenge because it, it's totally different than normal. And I believe this is the longest challenge ever shown, even in, like, a final episode. Just this pretty involved physical challenge that apparently what I've heard is the Dream Team and production, like the press people, did this challenge, and the balls are extremely hard to find. So they were aware that was going to happen. And then they still did the challenge, and then we have three people need medical attention. And I just, I can't imagine that. As a past player, what was it like seeing three of your alumni that beat up in one challenge that they're, they, one eventually gets pulled from the game and two are on the, you know, close to having that happen as well? What was that like watching? Either of you guys. But I... Um, I, I found it really tough because I, uh, there was another, there was another situation in my season where <clears throat> we were carrying a snake and, um, uh, this 200 pound snake and we were chasing each other around an oval racetrack. And mm-hmm. I, um, it, it, I tell a funny story about it because they have a, uh, a really cute doctor, my season from Australia that had, she was very good looking and she had that Australian accent and we sort of had a, um, a you know a joke going back and forth I would always joke with her like she before a challenge she'd always see us and say you know like how are you doing Bob I, I'd say like well now that I've seen you my hat's going pitta patta pitta patta you know and she'd go oh that'll help you in the challenge well we did this challenge and it was not as bad as what they were doing, um, but it was exhausting. And I was, uh, we were running around this track, and all all I had to do was just pull a Velcro strip off and duck out. But I was damned if I was going to let the kids, you know, beat me at it. And I, but when when the challenge ended, you know, we I was just about ready to quit, and Marcus said, "Let's go," and we tagged out the farm team and. Um, we hit the dirt, and I was lying in there, and I looked up, and it looked like it was in slow motion. Doctor was running across, coming right towards me, and but it was sort of like in slow motion. I wasn't sure, but 
I know I hadn't sort of fainted because the, the little fat guy next to her that was running along with the paddles, they thought I'd had a heart attack, and they were coming over with the uh, <laughs> cardiac jump starter. And so she got close, so I held my breath, stuck my tongue out, and pretended I had fainted. And she got over the top of me and knew what I was doing and looked down and said, Bob, he does the mouth-to-mouth. And I went, oh, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Sandlot so, was trying to pull on the hot Australian doctor. I like it. Nice. Yeah. And so, and, and that was, you know, the worst case we had was just, was uncomfortable, but it was not life-threatening. And to mm-hmm. watch that, and, and then to see people going off, you know, here and there. Actually, what I was saying is, on Survivor, you never see the crew. When you're watching the show, I, I couldn't believe how they... Um, filmed as much as they did with 300 people around there assisting the filming and assisting stuff, and you never see them on the show. And then last night, everybody was in there. And, you know, and having been on the show, Jimmy, you know that too, that there are people all around us. And when Jeff said, we want everybody here, you know, you, you can imagine too the way I would, how everybody would run in to lend a hand. And mm-hmm. when that happened, we I, I could tell that this is a dire situation. Oh, yeah. There's no question the panic buttons were all being pushed. And it, it, I think this is, and Mike, you know the game as well as anybody, this is going to be a game changer. Um, what yeah. you don't see a lot of the times is the standing around before the challenges. You know, we, we they take the contestants away from their tribe and bring them to the challenge area and then there's a lot of standing around while they prepare for the challenge and there's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's a lot of pressure added to the ch- they want a little stress th- during the challenge so they make you yeah. stand around waiting for the challenges sometimes an hour or two before you even go into the challenge so I, I'm thinking because last night I mean let's face it even just watching at home there's a little bit of panic when all of a sudden Caleb loses consciousness yeah. And and Sydney looked like she was going into convulsions. I didn't know if she was going to start vomiting. I mean, if, if you're a medical team or even Jeff Probst at this at that at that point when you start to lose Caleb, and he says we need the medvac right away, you, there must have been a panic thing. So they may incorporate this may change the game in some way. Maybe um, we don't we can't see how hard Jeff pushed them in the sand. Say, come on, mm-hmm. Ron Tribe, you need to move. You know, we all hear him say that occasionally. We don't know how long he was doing that for 45 minutes. So they may, he may say, you know what, I better cool it out a little bit. And they may even um, do a little checks on the contestants prior to the, uh, the um, challenges, for, check them for dehydration in some way. Because, I mean, before you go in, I remember clearly before we went in the game, Mark Burnett had a little speech for everybody. One thing he told us is make sure you take a moment to enjoy. It's going to go by very fast. Enjoy the moment. I should have listened. But the other <laughs> one was hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And if and sometimes, you know, the stress of the game, who knows how well they're hydrating. Because uh, a lot of times you gotta, they, we boil the water, and it's pretty mm-hmm. hard to drink warm water. You're not, you're not really into it. But you have to make it force yourself to drink that water because – you know, you, I, I won't even get into some of the things. Yeah, the body changes your body goes through. And mm-hmm. when you start to, you're actually in starvation mode and you're, you're dehydrating. And that in just 12 days, I lost 22 pounds. 
that's a major stress to the body. And you add the oh, mental yeah. stress as well. I mean, uh, I, I'm thinking as a result of last night of losing th- three people like that. They didn't lose three people, but three people in a dire situation. They they may want to rethink. You know, they don't want to ever have a casualty. Uh, let's keep the game fun and challenging. Yes, but not so much that maybe you're risking somebody's um, yeah. life. And I was one of my friends mentioned it online, Laura. That this is the area, this same location is where someone actually died on an international version of the show. Not exactly the same circumstances. I think they had awesome, a physically straining challenge, and it happened there a few years ago. So the precedent has been set, and it's been very fortunate that the American version of the show hasn't had. There's been some very serious injuries, but. It's amazing that there hasn't been. And I think there were specific changes made to second chances from what some of the cast were talking about that, you know, there were a bunch of clams in second chances and Neil was arguing with people that they barely had any on his season. He was arguing with Monica and the same thing with challenges were probably modified because it's one thing to have someone that's, you know, been on Big Brother or some of these unknown casts versus the second chance people that America voted back in. Imagine if three of those people would have had a medical thing. Jeff Garner, Savage, and Kelly uh, Wigglesworth. Imagine if, those, if it had been them versus, you know, three people were just getting to know on the show. So it was very hard to watch. And were you guys surprised who medically? Because, I mean, you know, Debbie's small stature, so that makes some logical sense. But I was really surprised Sydney and Caleb, maybe it's because of their high muscle percentage versus some of the other people that are fatties. What are you, is there any medical reasoning or your own ideas from being there, why the people that had medical issues were the ones that did? No, listen, there's no question in my mind the number one contributing factor is the psychology of the contestants. They have to be that strong-willed type of contestant. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Caleb. The man is a beast. You know he's yeah. a physical beast. You know he's in great shape. He's a fast. But when, but the mentality of going in that game, you know, he's for, He's working his butt off, I'm sure, the whole time. Listen, I have no question in my mind. The way I worked when I went into Nicaragua, I was beat after a week. So I, mm-hmm. I, if I actually lasted longer in the game, a couple of weeks more, who knows, I would have worn myself down to a frazzle as well because I just there's just no quitting me. It's not in my nature. So I think that's the biggest contributing factor is they have to have those strong mentalities to, to play this game. If you're not strong enough mentally, they won't allow you in Survivor. You won't pass the test. Mm-hmm. So you won't even get to location. So that being said, once they're there, these people, are good, I'm sure, and, and the second chances people, all once you have the experience, I know for a fact my number one um, criteria, if I ever got a shot with a play, would be to chill. Be like Bob mm-hmm. Crowley. Just enjoy it. Don't work too hard. I mean, go hard in the challenges, but during the day, you've got to rest. And I think the, the, the people like Sydney and Caleb are perfect examples. Those are people that are used to working hard. They're training hard. They're pushing themselves all the time. So that's what they're designed to do. And they probably push themselves harder around camp and, uh, and just, you know, that's part of the stresses of the game. For sure, Bob, you have a perspective on that or yeah, and I, I well I I'd, I'd agree with Jimmy and I'd also say that um you know like if Jimmy and I were up against each other doing 
a challenge that we worked physically. I mean, if we were if we were doing one of those things where he he and I were, you know, wrestling with each other or physically going at each other, he'd, I mean, I wouldn't stand a chance. However, that being said, if we were doing something where we were just moving our bodies, because he's got me, you know, by 50 pounds anyway, he has to spend a lot more energy moving himself around. You know, the big people take more, you know, it takes more caloric intake to keep them functioning. And I think the fact that I'm uh, svelte, shall we call it, as opposed to just ugly and skinny, but um, I think I, uh, um, you know, I think that has something to do with it. If you watch the show, you'll notice that the really big, muscular, you know, macho men um, take a beating because a they they're used to eating a lot of food, they're used to having a lot of caloric intake, and they they've got a lot of mass to move around. It's like trying to, you know, I think pitting Jimmy against me is sort of like. You know, when you're running around, you're dealing with some kid who doesn't weigh anything, and you're thinking, holy cow, wouldn't I like to be able to keep up with that 10-year-old? Well, I, I think uh, there's something to be said for that, that smaller people have, uh, you know, when it comes to challenges and the challenge of being a survivor, I think we have a little bit of an edge because it does Yeah, there's no question. There's no question. In the rowing races that I compete in, people that are too big and muscular – uh, are great for half the race, and then they fade in the end. Any endurance sport, you, you don't see huge muscle mass because, as I like to say in the rowing boats, the, the eight-cylinder engines run out of gas uh, quicker. So, yeah, there's no okay. question uh, that the big the big muscle mass takes more and absorbs more energy. Okay, now that Jimmy has said that, if any of you ever meet Jimmy T, go up and say, Bob Crowley told me to do this, but actually make a fist. Don't hit him hard, but just... Punch him in the chest. He is nothing but muscle. And oh, his, arm, his arms are the size. Muscle and hair, yeah. It would take two of my legs to make one of his arms. So when he talks about muscle mass, he's talking about Alan Schwarzenegger or somebody like that for crying out loud. No, 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 no. Who is the greatest in the world today? Isn't that you? What's that? Aren't you the greatest Grand Banks roar in the world today? Well, I'll, cl- I'll claim to be. I always claim to be when um, there's no rowers around, absolutely, yeah. But it's more for my love of the game than my actual physical ability. <laughs> you are, you're downplaying yourself. Well, let's, let's change the subject now, and uh, let's talk about the Durham Warrior Survival Challenge, which, uh, Mike, you're up there right now making the plans. I'm very excited. I'm hoping you're going to tell us, because there's always six or eight past survival players there, usually a winner or two. Uh, go ahead and tell us all the players that are coming out this year. What? <laughs> I know you can't do that. I'm just trying yeah, to put you on the line. But I'm, I'm just excited because I know there will be six or eight of them. There will be, uh, be several past players from the actual Survivor game and various placings from various seasons and a various gender breakdown. And uh, I can tell you there's a phenomenal group of people. I just wish I could tell you who they are, but I can't. And there's also going to be an amazing group of players as well, but I also can't tell you anything about that because I'd have to kill you, and I don't want to be involved with any premeditated murder. 
But uh, we're, I was out here in Mr. Crowley's, I don't know what the hell that room is in, that we were in, but some of the actual challenges were there, and we were trying out some of this stuff, and I can't elaborate on it, but it's amazing, the uh, the craftsmanship and the, the stuff everyone puts together. Uh, there's someone in the kitchen who needs a shout-out. There's a lot of people, but Kevin Thurber is our John Kerhofer. He makes all this stuff. He's he's a beast. He's awesome, and it's, I can't even. I wish I could describe or show you guys the things I saw an hour ago and tried out. Some of the stuff you've seen on the Survivor, and there's a couple things that haven't even been on the real show that will probably be in the future because it's so damn awesome. So he's out here listening to this, I think, and I just want to give him a shout out. He's a really great guy. I don't believe anything you hear about him, so he's cool. <laughs> Hey, Mark, I can barely hear you. I don't know if I'm losing my connection. or Bob, you there? Yeah, I hear you well, too. Um, yeah, I can't just... even hear you guys anymore. I don't know if my connection's getting lost or what. But, uh, Mike was just talking about Kevin Thurber, and Kevin is actually he's not listening to this because they've got three challenges that he's built, and they're out near the room. And I actually had to shut the door because Kevin's language is not um, appropriate for this kind of a conversation. And, uh, <laughs> well, listen, I'm up there, as you know, Bob. I come up and help out uh, every chance I get. And uh, just to talk about the friendships, the uh, Durham Warrior Survival Challenge, and all the other charity events. That what we really have a family being built of not just the survivors, but uh, the the fans that do so much, like Mike and John Vitea and Steve Pickett. I mean, these guys are amazing. Become friends of all the past survival players, and through as a result of the Durham Warrior Survival Challenge and the Reality Rally with Jillian. I mean, we've really become like a big family, and we make lasting friendships. I mean, I don't have to tell you, Bob, but uh, not just you, your whole family have become valued friends of mine. I'm up there helping any chance I get. Um, I, Through Reality Rally, I met Tina Wesson, who I'm going down to visit in a couple of weeks, and I'm coming up the coast and uh, going hiking with Wendy Langford, who was the Durham Warrior Survivor Challenge last year, who I formed a friendship with, so... I mean, mm-hmm. when you, whenever we're doing stuff to help out a good cause, the friendships become lasting, and uh, it's a special time. So I, I love when I come out and meet six or seven new survivors that I haven't met before, and we make friendships with them, and it's a lasting thing, and we all help each other out. And, I, Mike, you were there last year. Was your first Durham Warrior Survival Challenge? Uh, I was here for the original, and I had to take a, uh, the second one conflicted with uh, work. But I'll ah. be here for, for forever, and uh, my my role was replaced by uh, Richard Hatch and Sandra Diaz Twine. So I guess I helped out a lot on the first season and came back. And just I love uh, uh, the challenges are amazing to see and put together. But my my area is definitely the confessionals and stuff at Tribal Council. That's the side of the show that uh, interests me the most, and. Um, we spent probably 12 to 15 hours shooting confessionals last year into the, you know, one o'clock in the morning each night. And there are going to be some amazing things once they're, once the, once the the show is released season three and it's about to, the first episode should be out very soon. 
you wouldn't believe the work. And there's hundreds of, there's a, over 100 volunteers, and everyone does a huge part in everything. And Jimmy, you're not familiar, but Bob and John were on the show, I think, almost a month ago to talk about this event. We we had to give Kids the World, also was on that episode, and then Jillian, um, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. Sherry, you have to remind me, I'm. Um, my brain's a little all over the place. Jillian was also talking about her event as well. So we we this show likes to promote all the all the charity events and that family you, you spoke about. That's a huge thing. It, it's a lot more than just a TV show to me. I mean, I'm sitting here in Bob's house, and we're going to be working on this event. It's two months away. It's just it's a huge part of my life and a lot of people's lives, and it's amazing what the show's done. So, Mike, you must you must be incredibly proud of the fact that we used you here for the confessionals the first year, and then uh, it had to take both Sandra and Richard to take over the role that you had played. I mean, you've got big shoes, you got to fill them, and I you can't fill a shoe with something bigger than Richard Hatch. So, and and Sandra. It's feisty, and I played an online Survivor game with Sandra, and I voted her out because she already won $2 million, and she was trying to win $1,000 more, and she defriended me. So I hope I hope <laughs> this year, and I can now uh, rekindle that relationship with Sandra. He fixed everything personally, not just the real show. So. Yeah, sure. it really is. And, uh, Mike, you, you hit it right on the head. When you just answered, yeah, I'll be here for life, I mean, you, you, you become part of the – it becomes part of your fiber. You know, the friendships you make, make are everlasting, and you always want to be there for each other. And I think this whole experience, whether you were on Survivor or just becoming part of the family like you have, you realize mm-hmm. – the best thing you can do for yourself is to do something for somebody else and help people with the, with these events. And it's such a great event, this particular one for the Wounded Warriors. And um, I'm just proud to be part of it as well. Sure. Um, we've been talking like crazy. I want to make sure if you have any questions or opinions that we that I definitely want you to get, get, get in here if you need to. Or if we have any callers, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, this is a great conversation, but did you have anything or questions about the, the medical evax or to Jimmy or Bob or? Um, I kind of wanted to know how everybody thought about Scott and Jason and how they treated Alicia last night. Oh, I'll jump in. I'm always for, uh, very opinionated. I thought it was disgusting. I uh, hope that neither Scott or Jason, and I'm confident that neither of them will go too far in the game because that's bad karma, man. And I know you can get a bad edit, but it reminded me similar of, I forget the name of the guy that was tormenting uh, the Colby. No, it wasn't Colby. Who was the gay guy that quit twice? Colton. 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 Yeah. Colton. I remember one season, him and another girl were just bullying a little girl that was sitting there. They go, look at you. You should be ashamed of yourself. Remember that season? Yeah, that was one one world. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I felt kind of that same way watching last night when Scott was saying, I, I was an NBA champion. Uh, that doesn't give you a right to be a bully on a on a 90-pound girl. And I was a big Alicia fan because, remember, just a couple of episodes ago, she spent five hours never quitting on the firing, got fire for mm-hmm. her tribe. And even though, you know, she may not 
you know, she's she's just trying to stick up for herself when she's being bullied, and they make it off like she was being annoying. And uh, I was kind of hoping that Sydney would switch over with her, but it didn't happen. So, so you know what? Thank I'm you a big so much, fan in karma, so it's going to come back on Scott and Jason sooner or later. I thought I was going to have the the um, I guess you know offbeat opinion tonight, but I'm so glad I don't because. I felt so bad for her. My heart broke for her, and I was just praying that somehow she would make it to the merge. I just wanted her to make it to the merge and be able to get away from them and be able to, you know, go hang with people that liked her, you know, and have at least a chance on this show because she wanted it so bad. She worked for it so hard. You know, sitting up there working for that fire for five hours, you know, she really tried. She may not have, maybe she did something wrong the first week. I don't know. But after that first week, they never would give her another chance. Just last night, the the thing that brought it all about last night was she was just trying to be a good team player and saying, come on, guys. She was trying to motivate them to keep going and do well, and they bashed her for it. I know it was horrible. I saw One of the guys, one of the guys that normally calls into the show, Tony, said something on Twitter about how you know how much of a bully both of them were being, and Probst actually tweeted back to him and said that he agreed, and he only hoped that maybe people at home could use this as a learning tool or a teaching tool at home. And I guess what he meant was, you know, teach your kids what not to do, you know, at home and being a bully, you know. It was just horrible to me, the way that they acted toward her. And so I'm glad that I asked the question and and you spoke up and had that opinion because I felt horrible for Alicia. And I hope that maybe someday down the road, Maybe they'll do another second chance, and she'll have a, another chance of getting back on Survivor. I'd agree with you 100%. A lot of people don't realize that I was bullied um, through most of my life, um, as, you know, as a young tri- young kid. I was probably 200 pounds when I graduated from high school, and I, I just cringe when I see stuff mm-hmm. like that going on. So I, I would, you know, I, w- I was in the same ballpark you were in. It's just, uh, and, but then it comes to, you know, I think Jimmy's right. It all comes back to karma. Um, it will bite you in the butt. And you know what? you gotta you got to uh, really take your hat off to Alicia because as hot as that is, and again, I, I take my hat off to the Survivor um, casting as well. Because as tough as that had to be for her, she was still smiling at the end. She left with a smile and wished Sydney good luck. And even when she knew she was going, I mean, I was devastated when I knew I was going. I cried like a baby. Thank God they didn't edit me that time. But I was devastated because I felt like uh, I let the whole country down, all the people that voted for me to get on. I was devastated. And I'm a emotionally tough guy. So, Alicia is an emotional <laughs> no, rock. No, you're not. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, 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 
He's an Italian from Gloucester, Massachusetts. They, they don't cry don't make me get you in another headlock, Crowley. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, really, I just want to give a shout-out to Alicia for handling it with such class. She took a lot mm-hmm. of emotional stress, and she went out smiling, so God bless her. Yeah, I agree. With I agree. Um, the only thing I would differ at all is I think Scott was genuinely a trying to acknowledge that he did appreciate that she was being supportive and then he attacked her. I don't think he 100% was bullying, but I think Jason has been a, a bully the whole time, and it's unfortunate. Um, yeah, I no, wait a minute. Mike, i got to disagree with you there, my friend, because okay. you saw the episode and you saw Scott with uh, – he had venom in his voice when he said, oh, great, you be a cheerleader. That's what you do best. And then when he tried to spin yeah. it later, because he realized the guilt and that he was wrong, he t- and then he rather than own up to it and said, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry, he tried to make it, no, I was just saying, good job, thanks for cheering us. That's bullshit. I'm not buying it. Okay. Yep, I agree. I agree with you. A hundred percent. See how I, I got some strong opinions? That's him. why I can't the last long in the real him. game. <laughs> And he was, he was had. He realized that he was he was you know being filmed and the cameras were on him and realized he was realizing he was being filmed that you know as a bully kind of picking on her and he was trying to backpedal a little bit right then. Exactly. But he couldn't backpedal too much because he had too much venom in him. And yep. apparently, he was being a bully to her last night on Twitter, and her dad had to step in. Wow. Yeah, I saw that. It was, um, and I saw Scott talk to the dad. And I, I'd be curious. This is going to be possibly a contentious finale. Sometimes the finale is all uh, hugs and kisses, and sometimes there's daggers between the cast. And then there always will be. It's interesting. It's from a fan perspective. I've been to like 15 finales in a row, and it, it ranges from everyone being really cool with each other to. Things like this that happen on the show could, you know, carry over, and some of these folks may never talk to each other again, and some of them may bury the hatchet. So, I don't know if Bobby... Yeah, you know, Mike, I'd like to address that, and really, this was... this Playing the game of Survivor is an amazing gift. Everybody who plays can get the million-dollar experience. You might not get the money, but if you learn from what... When you... Once you reduce to your base nature. You take away sleep, you take away food, and you get a chance to see who you really are. And But the big opportunity there is to to learn from it and to grow from it. And if Scott's badgering her on Twitter, apparently he didn't learn anything and really get a great value from the experience. So uh, I feel bad for him, and I hope maybe because he'll get continued uh, messages from others about what they think of him, and maybe he can still learn and grow from it. I, I hope for his own sake. So, but I'll tell you, I learned to, I learned two million dollars worth of experience for playing the game. I got Bob Crowley as a close friend, Tina Wesson, Big Mike Albright, John and Steve. I mean, this has been invaluable to me. So, I'm grateful. Somebody in our chat room just made a comment that. Scott Pollard just made on Twitter just now. He said to somebody, he said, we we both have two daughters, and if they grow up like Alicia, we will be disappointed. 
It's a so shame. apparently he didn't learn very much. You know, I um, mean, to say something like that, that's that's just rude and uncalled for. And that's I, bringing kids know, into it. You know, that's that's just so uncalled for. Yeah, I, uh, um, it's interesting. I was thinking when I saw the show last night that this would bring the um, the cast closer together. But I can't. I can't speak from real experience. Mike has been to way more finales than I've ever been to. Uh, but it's it, it will be interesting to look at how I'll talk to Mike because he'll be at the finale. How this crew? I thought it. I thought the the trauma and the hurt and the pain that they've seen and been involved in. I thought that would bring them closer together. Um, it will be interesting to see what happens. And sort of like Jimmy says, you know, you know, um, for me, the, the 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 best. When people say to me, "What what do you uh, enjoy the most about being on Survivor?" It is having friends like um, Mini Mike. Uh, we used to call him <laughs> Big Mike all right, but I call him Mini Mike now. Uh, Mini oh, Mike and Jimmy T and I, I'll just, can I just sort of say ditto to what Jimmy just said? Uh, the fact that there are some great people like Mike and a bunch of other people that are helping all of us raise money for great causes. And we've just, we've got a, I've never been part of a fraternity, and now I am. And I really like my fraternity brothers. And the sisters are cuter, but brothers are okay. Too. <laughs> they sure are. Um, who are you guys I, doing concert with from your say, season? Oh, sorry, Sherry, go ahead. There are so many reality stars that come off their shows and take the the fifteen minutes of fame they've been given and immediately start doing charity events and giving back to their their local communities and give back to charities, not just locally, but nationwide. And to me, those are the reality stars that have substance and appreciate what they've been given and the ones that I fall in love with the most. Um, I, I just, those are the ones that are near and dear to my heart. She's talking about me, Jimmy, it's, not you. <laughs> well, there's no question, Bob. You do more than I do. I do what I can, and uh, I, if I had the fame that you've achieved, I would certainly try to uh, get reach the bar that you set so high. But uh, listen, let's turn it around a little bit, Mike, with your permission. Let's all four of us. I want predictions, and I'll start with my prediction of who's going to win this season. I love Ty. I want to hug him, the cute little guy that he is. I think he's a good karma guy. And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Mike, I don't think there's ever been a gay man that's won the survival. Will he be the first gay winner? Uh, not first gay winner, first uh, gay Asian American winner. But there's been uh, there's been gay winners before. I, I was really happy to win. Oh, oh, you mean? I think oh, okay. oh, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, Todd Herzog was uh, 
uh, homosexual winner. I'm trying to. I I I think that's it. I'll have to, I'll have to check my brain later. Well, anyway, um, I. I'm just really digging Ty, and that's he's my pick to win this year. I think I love that he's connected with nature. I love that he's so concerned about his fellow man. He's a good little dude, and um, I'm rooting for him. What, what, okay. Any other uh, predictions from any of you guys? I'm going to go Did you just say that you want to know whether Ty would be the first gay person to win? Well, yeah. I, I didn't mean happy, Bob. Okay, yeah, but... Um, not that I, uh, isn't Richard, didn't he win the first one? Oh, oh I'm sorry. He too, like me, was really excited to win. <laughs> yeah, not, not that it matters, but you're right. Rich Durr, that's, that was so obvious. Everybody knows Richard, uh, was the first and greatest. I just got owned on Survivor Trivia. I guess this is his house. Wow. What's your uh, What's your prediction, Bob or Sherry? I've got mine. I'll go last. So uh, the the problem with my prediction is a I got to agree with my good friend Jimmy, but I I tend to vote from my heart rather than from my you know brain, and I like Ty. He just um, he he just won me when he kissed the tree. You know. It was like, I like that guy. <laughs> you know, I like trees. He likes trees. And that is not the reason you should decide, you know, who's going to win Survivor. And I know, Mike, you're going to come out and slap me afterwards for being so <laughs> stupid about this. But I just I just love that guy, and I hope he does well. Yeah. Tom's awesome. He should come out and see these 100 acres of trees in Maine at some point. So. <laughs> Sherry, what's your prediction? Well, I was rooting for Caleb, but obviously that didn't go far. Um, but now I'm I'm with everybody else. I'm rooting for Ty. I just think he's amazing. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a great guy, but it's really going to be tough for him down the stretch unless he can pull a Bob Crowley or Mike Holloway and win challenge after challenge. As it gets down towards the end, they're going to realize – this man's going to win. He's he's too likable, and he'll win any jury vote. So they'll start gunning for him late. So it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, I'm not going to force a tie because it's already three to zero. But tie is one of my favorites for sure. And I'm going to stick with someone from the beauty tribe. But I'm going to go with Anna as my favorite. Uh, she's in an amazing position, even with a swap coming up, and she's getting a great edit. And Anna's my my pick, and she's she's phenomenal. I, uh, I I was cool meeting her, and she's got the brains and the beauty and the brawn to get through there. She's a professional poker player, and uh, she's going to go all in at the right time and fold at the right time and get to the end, I think. So. Uh, that's a great pick. I, she was in my top six as well, and you're right. She can keep a poker face. You know, she's she does does it professionally, so she's mm-hmm. and she's definitely playing very chill right now. And a lot of the, the other girls on the beauty tribe, Julia is intriguing, a young girl that mm-hmm. uh, they're not. You know, she's not getting any airtime right now. That tells me she goes far in the game. And w- one more in my top six. I'm disappointed to see Jenny go because I thought that she would do very well, but uh, she had a little meltdown <laughs> at tribal council, which I can totally relate to. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, she she had in trouble there. Uh, with the with the, uh, it's great to have all. We're all thinking somebody from the beauty tribe, which is interesting because the brains keep beating them. Beauty's been coming in second. With this swap coming up, anyone else here? Who uh, who do you guys think will do well, and who do you think's toast in a swap? Well, I get, I'll jump in again um, because I have an investment in Peter. He, I have Peter in my pool. He's okay. obviously physical, physically able because he's uh, come through strong in challenges. He's usually the one that wins for the Brain Tribe at the end of the challenge. Now, uh, again, as we discussed earlier about Scott, hopefully Peter learned his lesson in-game his vanity was really ugly to watch in the first couple of episodes, and maybe um, once his partner got voted off, he realized, listen, I need to treat everybody fairly and everybody re- with respect. Uh, I respect everybody else as much as I respect myself, and he could he could go far now that they're mixing it up. So I'm I'm hoping he learned his lesson now. Otherwise, he'll quickly uh, get himself voted off. Okay. Um, Bob, do you have anyone you're pulling for from uh, this season besides the people we've talked about, or who do you think will do well with this swap coming up? Um, my biggest problem is I'm not good with names. So, um, you know, you, you, you can ask Jimmy, Jimmy D or Jimmy, Jimmy Westwood. Oh, you, you like Neil, huh, Bob? You like Neil. No, I need, a, I need pitches, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass right by this one. Okay. Sherry, do you have anyone you think will do well in this scenario? And anything uh, basically toast? We kind of talked about Scott and uh, Jason having some trouble on. I think Pete's going to be in trouble, too. I think he's going to be a threat. And Nick's kind of on the outside with the beauty people. So. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Nick's another guy that seems a little too much on the vanity heavy side, but. Uh, We'll see. I mean, they, sometimes they portray something early on and they turn around, so it's going to be fun to watch. Um, Mike, if you don't mind, I'm going to have to take my leave now. Four o'clock in the morning comes early, and I'm a seafood inspector, so i got to go into work early, and it's uh, time for me to say thank you for having me. And thank Oh, by the way, before I go, Mike, I want to give you a huge congratulations. You set goals for yourself. You achieved them, and uh, i got to tell you, it's inspiring for others to watch, so keep up the good work, man. Thank you, Jimmy. See, I really appreciate you being here, and I appreciate those kind words, and um, the battle continues. I'm not done. Big Mike is going to medium, to mini or small or whatever. We'll see, so. Yeah, but you know what? You're always going to be big, Mike, to me because you're hot and all you do for these uh, charities and and the the commitment that you got to set these goals and, and make it happen. So congratulations. Uh, and, Bob, Cherry, thanks for t- nice chatting with you guys, and I'll talk to you soon, I hope. I, I hope thanks so, too. Thanks so much, Mark. Jimmy. Yep. All right. Good night. Thank you. Thank Have a you. great day tomorrow. Awesome. Just adore him. We've had some great, a great track record with folks from Nicaragua. Some amazing people: Jane, Jimmy T, Nayaka, Purple Kelly. Nicaragua's really bringing it. There's only one survivor that I'll never invite on the show. They're from Nicaragua, but uh, overall, though, great cast. 
I got to get more Gabone people on here. I, I'll talk Corinne into talking smack about people. That she'll be. I might have to cut her off at two hours. We'll see. Um, Sherry, do you have any predictions with the swap? Who do you think's going to do well, and who do you think's going to not do well? No, not really. I'm. I just had my hopes set so high on Caleb, and now I'm going to have to reevaluate. I do like um, a couple of the girls that were mentioned. Um, Anna is one of them. And Ty can make it. I know that he's got a long, long way to go, like he said, but I think karma has a lot to do with, you know, the game and... If he can align himself with the right people, I think Ty can go far. Um, you know, he's he's got a lot of flexibility and he can handle himself fairly well in some of these challenges. And you don't always have to be the biggest guy. Um, For sure. You know, there's puzzles and all kinds of other challenges that, you know, endurance-wise, he might be able to outlast some of these bigger guys in some of these challenges. So we'll just have to see what challenges come up, you know, in the future and see what, you know, Ty can bring to the table. But I'm hoping that he makes it pretty far and and possibly could go all the way with it. So very fond of some of the guys on the show, though. Slender frame and his disposition, I think. I think Ty's definitely... Um, they did win two challenges. They're all from the Brain Tribe, and I was a little surprised, not to be stereotypical, but, you know, Joe, one of the second oldest person ever played the game, didn't have a medical issue when some of the other players did, and I thought that was interesting. And also, we didn't really talk about Neil and Aubrey, who made a big move last episode, and we didn't really see a whole lot of them except the very, very beginning. So do you have any thoughts or feelings on those three people as we go into a swap? I would love to see Joe go far. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always one to root for the older survivors, um, simply because they, they tend to always getting, you know, the younger ones always try to vote them off first, and I think Joe has a lot to bring to the table. And mm-hmm. I'd love to see him go all the way. No, I, no I'm, I, awesome. I, I'm, not, I'm not into Joe. Uh, I don't want him to go all the way because he's older <laughs> no? than I was. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to be competitive, but I, I just hate losing. Um I, I kind of like Joe, but I wish he was younger. About <laughs> uh, 56 or so, they need to root for him to win or do well if he was about 55 or so. <laughs> Not 71 or 72, so. <laughs> well, I think Neil's a very interesting character, and I really like his, his vibe. He's, he's fun on social media, too, and I, I think he's got a chance to go pretty far, and we haven't seen much idle activity out of the Brains Tribe. I don't know. They're too busy politicking and getting suntans. I don't know what's up with there. I'm surprised they don't have an idol. And if anyone gets it before the swap, I would imagine Neil and Aubrey 
would probably do it unless Debbie just climbs the tree and gets it herself, but not sure. But I Yeah, Neil would probably be somebody I could hang out with. Who was that? Neil. Yeah. I love his ice cream pants. I want to try this ice cream. I don't know if it's only a West Coast thing. I, I don't know where all you can get the ice cream. It's also healthy ice cream, which I'm on that health kick. So if it's healthier, maybe I need to tweet Neil and have him send some ice cream and we'll promote it on the show more than I am now. I don't even remember the name of the company, but I know it, it, it's it got a three in it. I know that, and it's ice cream. So can ship it to you on dry ice. No, let, let's change the subject. Mike's been doing really well, and uh, I think we're going to move from the uh, from ice cream to Red Sox. Are they, is this a baseball season? Almost. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. If the, we've we've we had a lot to cover from an intense show, but it was a bit with the we over. 35 minutes of the show with people laying on the beach with production coming in. So it's uh, it's it's challenging to stretch this full full time, I think, but cuz I don't know what else we can really cover. The it was in, the one other thing that was interesting, the Jeff, I think he really wanted a tribal council, not a tribal council, and I thought that was kind of an interesting moment when Braun um is back on their losing streak. Did anyone find that interesting that um, they almost did it, but as smartly, Alicia didn't agree to it, which I thought was a really good thing. Oh, I I think she was smart not to. I mean, they were ready to vote her out right there on the beach. It was just so rude. Yeah. And I don't think Sydney. I mean, you know, saw where Sydney's vote went. I don't know if it would have been slightly different in the moment, but you know, with tie scenarios, not tie trank scenarios, but uh, and I don't think she would have forced a tie. And I, so that was. I thought that was interesting. And also the Branch Tribe, which is just when we, you know, we've had some people on from Kagayan. The first time they did Brains Beauty Brawn, the Branch Tribe really. I mean, they suck. Uh, you know, Cass and Spencer went really far, but it wasn't with the rest of the brains necessarily. So this, I think the second strongest group is the brains, even though they've won more challenges. So I'm going to be curious. It's going to be really curious how these numbers break down with the remaining people. Your phone's breaking up there, Mike. Uh, we've got 13 people left in the in the in the game. I'm curious how it's going to be broken in. I assume a tribe of six and a tribe of seven. So, yeah, am I, I still wonder breaking which, up? Which tribe name they'll eliminate? I would assume it'll be whoever. I would the bronze just. Three sixty percent of the people that have been eliminated are from Braun, so I would assume Braun gets eliminated, but they could have a challenge determine that or some kind of individual immunity and they get to schoolyard pick. And it would be crazy, but there since there's thirteen people, there could be somebody that's not picked and maybe they get eliminated that way. That's only happened once before. It could happen this time. So if they did that, any predictions on who wouldn't get picked? 
they did two tribes of six. Mm. It would probably be Debbie or, or Joe. They'll probably, like always, leave the the older two out. I think it could be more of a physical threat because of the Bond, Neil, and Aubrey have with Joe and Debbie. So if they're trying to keep their numbers and somehow they can pick pick the numbers, I, I would guess it might be somebody like Pete, Pete or um, Nick just being physical threats. But who knows? Mike, by any chance did you just hear that? Uh, I didn't. It's weird. I'm oh. like... 25 feet from Bob, and I I can see him through the glass doors. I didn't hear that. What did I not hear? Okay, well, apparently, our good job. She okay? Okay. Our John Kierhofer was out in the other room testing one of the challenges and just crashed and burned. And uh, it made quite a racket, but he's. Uh, pages ran out to make sure we didn't have to call 911 and call in medical. So, well, I'm glad there was oh, no. no. <laughs> yeah. he, he's not all right, but it's just mental and not physical. So, and that, the person that fell is no spring chicken either, so it's like we want to keep an eye on that individual for sure. So, hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll monitor him overnight and hopefully. <laughs> Tomorrow. Wow, I hope he's okay. Okay, I'm sorry I interrupted with that, but it was quite a crash. I, I wow. I'm sure this is a. I'm used to sitting in my living room in Ohio with the two cats sleeping next to me. This is a lot more excitement. So this is <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, Sherry. But I don't know. I don't know if I can stretch 12 more minutes. I can talk about Survivor for 12 days if I had to, but. Um, I think that's quite all right. Much, I think we pretty much covered this episode, and I'm curious to see what happens at the swap and the merge. I think it's going to be really close because I think if, if the numbers are as big as in Cambodia, this could actually almost be a merge situation because they merged at 13 last time. So well, I can't wait to see what happens Wednesday and surprise people with who's the next guest host as I scour social media and find another survivor that wants to come back and talk. So, And thank yeah, you, Mike, yeah, for inviting me to to call in. And uh, Paige has got supper ready. I can smell it and see it. So, yeah. <laughs> this communication is about to end. I think Sherry. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys go and enjoy your supper and enjoy um, – taking care of all those challenges up there. I hope whoever that was is okay. And Mike will en- enjoy having you back next week. Bob, I hope that we have you back before the season's over. But we we have that technology. Well, well we have to we have to do that then. We'll have to have you back sometime before the season's over. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. Awesome. Well, you guys take care, and we will do this all again next week. So you Sounds guys good. have a great night, and enjoy your evening and enjoy your dinner. Thanks. Bye-bye now. We will. Thank Bye-bye. you, and good night.
Thank you, Mike. Take care. Go eat your dinner. I'll close the show. Thank you so much. Have a great night, everybody. All right. I want to remind everybody to come back on Sunday for our Amazing Race Second Pit Stop show with Luis Gerardo as our host. And then back here again on Monday for the Manic Monday show with Michelle Costa from Season 10 of Big Brother. Both shows are at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. I'm going to close the show with Brian, as we always do. Everybody have a great weekend. Take care. And I think we've still got Mike on with us to close the show. Here's Ron to take us out for the night. God bless everyone. Here's Ron to take us out for the night. I want to finish off the show with a little music and say to all of my listeners, thank you guys, and thank you all for coming in. God bless you, and thank you for listening to the show. And it was a great one. It was a great one. And I want to remind people, if you're a reality fan, a new show is just starting tonight called um, 60 Days In on A&E. So if you're a big reality show fan, you might want to check that one out. I believe it's a two-hour special tonight. So... Um, somebody that's going to be on American Grit almost when we have him on our show. But check out 60 Days In tonight on A&E. So that's our show for tonight, folks. Come back next Thursday for Mike and the Mike, our Survivor Kolong recap show. We're going to close this up for tonight, everybody. Again, have a great weekend. That's it for tonight. God bless. Be kind to each other out there. That's a wrap.